time you have them. I'm not going to let them go to the premiere again. That'll never happen. And we'll never let them not be in my possession, but they're on Netflix. Most of them are. Like, if I have the itch, like, I want to watch Mystery Science Theater. Oh, Final Sacrifice is right there on Netflix. I think I'll just watch that. But still, that's the one case where it matters to me. They have special features, and the Netflix shit doesn't. Yeah. I'll pay the premium. Well, same with commentary, too. Same with commentary. Yeah, exactly. And they're beefing up those Shout Factory releases Mm -hmm. with just meaningful, meaningful supplementals. No more Avengers. (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Cape Crisis episode 19. 19. 19. Can you believe it? the sexiest age there is, Henry. Barely, no, 18 is barely legal. I was gonna say but this is like, this is totally legitimately legal for at least 365 days. Mm-hmm. What was it on Archer recently? I heard there was a character, like, he he was in Germany and this 14 year old German girl kept hitting on him and he was, he was like, dude, stop doing that. And she's like, what? The age of consent is 14 in Germany. And then he says, like, what is it? The backwa? Is it the Mississippi of Europe? <laughs> and then she says, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. Anyway, yeah, Archer. Oh, man, you know Good. who's going to be at, Ar- at Comic-Con? Archer panel. Really? With H. John Benji. We can call him, just call him John. I love John Benjamin so much. Just well, I him. call him Ben. Ben. <laughs> yeah. Based oh, on his yeah. character who inspired my life of being a <laughs> shiftless uh, nobody who uh, blames Cats. everyone for his family. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's Dr. Katz, people. Check your uh, Amazon obscurities, because that shit is there. Dr. Katz is so good, you dudes. It's really good. Yeah. But who out there hasn't seen Dr. Katz? Let us know in the comments. I, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It seems bizarre, but it hasn't been on in 10 years. Yeah. We're so old. And it was barely watched then, too. We're so old, Hank. Like, it was It was in the pre-South Park Comedy Central yes. world. Yes. But it, 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 it was simultaneous with South Park. Yeah, Dr. Katz is actually in an episode oh, of South Park. Oh, yeah, and he is, mm-hmm. as Dr. Katz. I was going to say, I was saying to somebody, if you liked Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and like somebody was saying they hated it, and someone was saying they loved it, and mm-hmm. I do think of it as a more, a purer kind of humor mm-hmm. in the primetime animation world. It's so different from the Seth MacFarlane machine. It's, it really stands out amongst the Simpsons and the McFarlane machine. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, yeah, I encourage you to check out Dr. Katz and especially Home Movies. Mm-hmm. This is a comic book Home show. Home Movies and Bob Burgers are on the on on, Netflix. On Netflix! Netflix! That's, oh, that's who you hire. So, guys, it's just me and Chris this episode. I'm your Weird. host, Henry Gilbert, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. And um, I am Chris Antista, T-I-double-grrr. I forget. <laughs> Damn it. I want to quote something. Double G-R. Come on. Yeah, so... My tops are made out of bottoms. My bottoms are made out of springs. Uh, the top, no, the uh, uh, brains are made out of rubber. The bottom are made out of springs. The bottom, yeah. Guys, we're bottom. we're flat. We're fresh <laughs> off of seeing the amazing Spider Man. Oh, we're going to talk about that a little later. It, a little on the second half of the cast, we'll get a little spoilery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up first, though, though we should just have a non-spoilery discussion of our just feelings on it and thoughts. Spider-Man. On the Amazing Spider-Man, starring so, Andrew Garfield. I have so many thoughts. Mm-hmm. And let me let me start first. Uh, my my general like bottom line review of the film is that I found it a fine film, one that has, deserves to exist, but did not prove to me that like 
Ah, uh, you should reboot Spider-Man yes. for this film. Mm-hmm. This film is why you reboot Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. I felt that with Batman Begins. Like, when I saw Batman Begins, I was like, this is why you bring back Batman. You wouldn't, you don't bring Batman if you're not ready to do something this different from the thing yeah. you did before. This is so distinct. That was so distinctive from anything that had become that come before. I, yeah. And, and I remember back when Batman, Tim Burton's Batman came out in 1989. I'm like, whoa, Batman's finally being treated seriously. Mm-hmm. Fuck that campy Adam West shit. And if you go back and watch Batman, yes, just the, the Burton Batman, Burton Batman's. Yeah. It's the campiest shit you've ever seen until until Schumacher, and, and then and it escalates. But people seem to hold, harbor some respect for mm. Batman Returns, and I'm here to tell you that's unwarranted. Yes, and will not will not return your respect. Yeah, there's walking penguins just hanging around. He's on a giant rubber right, right duck about the and... time uh, right about the time Jack Nicholson is dancing to oh, a yeah. licensed print song called Bat Dance on top of a giant inflatable Joker balloon and throwing out cash. You'll realize, oh yeah, why did we think Tim Burton really what made about, the suit? What about when uh, Jack Nicholson just does a uh, a, a palance impersonation after killing him? Like he was like, "Gonna be a hot one in the whole oh, town tonight." <laughs> As a kid, I really liked that performance, but growing up, like I'm like, that's just Jack being Jack. Like Jack just Jack Nicholson just got high. And was like, I'm crazy, I'm the Joker. Like, you're not the Joker, you're Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and you're a lot of fun. That's but, that's why people like seeing him movies, because he's such a charismatic guy. But he wasn't the Joker. He wasn't the Joker. But or it was a, a Joker. I won't argue that it, it wasn't a fantastic performance. Yeah. And shit, out of all those, all that tetralogy of Batman films. Do you like mm-hmm. my word there? Yeah. Not a great. quadrilogy, people. Don't believe your uh, standard <laughs> definition of aliens marketing. <laughs> uh, the tetralogy. Michael Keaton is the best Batman there. Yeah. He disappears into who and what Batman is. Val Kilmer looks like Bruce Wayne, and, <laughs> yeah. and Michael Keaton doesn't. But Michael no, his Keaton, Bruce kind of sucks. Like Michael Keaton? No, 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 uh, no. Val's. Yes, exactly. Like I believed Michael Keaton for mm. some reason. I Val's Bruce sucks, and his Batman isn't intense either. So, but that's like, and that's sort of why they're greatly distinctive. Because in that movie, Michael Keaton did not need to be a hyper buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninja trained Singapore ninja trained Batman uh-huh. he was kind of what the comics I don't know I'm, I'm, that's neither here nor yeah. there so Spider-Man though tried to be more down to earth the, the way it differentiated itself in the Raimi films was it it did try to be more down to earth mm-hmm. it trimmed some things that uh, I liked that Raimi had at least in the first Spider-Man mm-hmm. because it kept it they stuck it so close to Amazing Fantasy 15 in his first appearance mm-hmm. but now for this movie they they removed it because, honestly, it's redundant or it isn't needed mm-hmm. for the story. Like, you can speed it up some, but... I wish I wish they... I, we were, I think we had that conversation when I read the Spider-Man Season 1 graphic novel that Marvel just mm-hmm. released, which I think is a good idea because there's more people now than ever mm-hmm. who are going to be interested in those heroes and want to see where they come from. Yeah. They probably don't want to read something read, uh, written, written 50, 50 years ago. Years but ago. I found it totally boring and a slog to get through because it didn't do anything particularly interesting with the origin story mm-hmm. in just season one. Art, and neither did the movie. Art. And that's what irritated me is yeah. that like I don't... And yes, uh, biasly, I've, I reread OG Spider-Man, reread season one, Ultimates. Like, I know the origin story. I don't... Like, not... Only do I not need to see it again. I don't. I don't think the movies needed to show that again. Yeah, they didn't need to establish how Spider-Man happened. And then, wait, I haven't mentioned this I, I, to you specifically. I think Tyler and I were making fun of um, 
an encounter he had with a lizard. Yeah. Where Spider-Man steps, sets up his camera and like whether or not that's fan service, he, he attaches it <laughs> to the wall so he can take pictures of the lizard and give it to the the Daily Bugle, the DB, yep. as it's referred to on television on in Sp- the Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know the lizard kicks his ass, rips the camera off the wall, and it says "Property of Peter Parker." And we're like, that's stupid. A, to- a toddler, yeah. a toddler labels something a toddler lab- labels his name so he doesn't lose it out of the playground when you and i uh, when you, yeah when you and i pick yeah. up a camera and a phone off the ground we're like huh free phone free camera yeah, exactly uh, like nobody nobody gives a shit about that and that was just but he's like why was that scene there i'm like there was a scene in the trailer which i remember pretty distinctly where mm-hmm. he's like the what rice reese darby or something reese iphones he's like you want to know what happened to your parents Come and get it. Yeah, that was not in the film, so that encounter never happened. That's right. So, there, so what wow. my guess is is that that scene with the lizard finding the camera with property of Peter Parker mm. is there is a whole bunch of information in an encounter with Kurt Connors that we did not see yeah. because I def you know what scene I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that's from in the every trailer. Yeah, and from the trailer, it's been in multiple trailers. Mm-hmm. That was not in the movie. Yeah, well, um, did. Get away from other spoilery talk, though. Mm-hmm. For for like, I also I thought, I thought Andrew Garfield was a good Peter Parker. I thought he was great. Though I said afterwards, like, um, I think he was a good. I thought he was a really good Spider Man, mm-hmm. a better Spider Man than Tobey Maguire was Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But I think Tobey was a better Peter Parker because to me, Peter is a total nerd. He's not cool at all. And there were times where, like, nah, Peter's too cool. He's too cool in this movie. Not just his skateboard, but, I don't like... Think, I don't think it's that he's too cool, but, like... And this is just what the comics has set up. Peter is uh, considered a dork for high school, mm-hmm. but he is a genius. Yeah. And he is incredibly articulate. And that's how an incredi- incredibly articulate teenager talks. Yes. They're not... Yeah. He, he might be a weirdo, and he might be ostracized, but, like, mm-hmm. to me, I thought Garfield was above and beyond a better... Like, way better Spider-Man... Um, Spider-Man to me was never as mopey as Tobey Maguire's. <laughs> and never never as unsure of himself. I, uh-huh. I don't think of Spider-Man, even Peter Parker, as being unsure of himself. Well, I think that's partially because Sam Raimi loves to make... Uh, Sam Raimi is famous for making his main character suffer. Every film, yeah. he tortures them. And I think there is an aspect of Peter Parker that, like... This isn't every story of Spider-Man, but some really gr- uh, many great Spider-Man stories have been like... He can't make it work. He mm-hmm. can't balance his life. It sucks yeah. to be Peter Parker. Yeah. It's yeah. really horrible. And it's and not that he's incapable. It's just that yeah. it's hard to be two people. There's just not enough time. And they have aspects of that in Amazing Spider-Man. They, they do. Have moments and, of that. But. When you think of it on a broader level, the Raimi movies, like all of those movies are about how Peter Parker aren't is not has no self-esteem. Mm-hmm. The second movie, he can't come web for a while. <laughs> right. and, had, and that's... And I, I remember the time not don't do this now. Mm-hmm. It's only the second movie. Uh yeah. in, in the third don't movie. Don't deny was, a Spider Man yeah. for yeah. You know, an, an entire hour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For an entire hour once every four years. Like you're gonna deny us to see <laughs> Spider Man being Spider Man in the third movie where he's just ridiculously unsure of himself and mopey yeah. and he can be conflicted. And I thought Andrew Garfield pulled that off. Very, very. In addition, I, I think I might have a little crush on Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. I, I think I discussed that on another show. Oh, she no. is the first woman who is younger than me. <laughs> I uh, would like to see naked, but she's not that much younger than you. Like, that's she's a, way younger. When than I was watching both those films, I was like, "You guys are get. You guys are not high school students, no. but they they pulled off well enough." Yeah. I yeah. I I will say I think Emma Stone was great as mm-hmm. Gwen. Like, 
uh, like Gwen in the comics isn't as jokey as she is. I yeah. felt, but but who cares? Like she she made Gwen work. Like I like that she was as smart or smarter mm-hmm. than Peter. Like she was more outgoing. Like she could help him with stuff. And unlike what happened to Mary Jane in all three Spider Man films, mm-hmm. she didn't get kidnapped and need to be saved. Yeah, like, never. That happened in I think. Well, in the first one, Mary Jane just. She sort of gets kidnapped by yeah. the Green Goblin, dangled off of something. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock kidnaps her too, mm-hmm. and then she gets kidnapped by Venom. And she just all she does is get kidnapped. And I remember in interviews, like Kirsten Dunst in, the, in like for the third film was like, "Yeah, I get kidnapped again. I have to scream some more." Yep, you're going to have to choose Peter from Variable and Mary Jane. I can do both. Yeah. Whip, whip, whap. I also like the uh, so oh yeah, just scenes between Peter and Gwen were great. Like yeah. they, those were the movie's strongest moments. Some of their strongest moments. I uh, thought scenes between uh, Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben and Peter were. Martin Sheen was great. Like, I, I, again, yeah, it was hard. I wanted to stand up and yell. I think in the first forty-five minutes, shut up and be Spider-Man. Like yes. shut, yeah, I was like, we know you're gonna. We get know you're there. gonna be just Spider-Man there already. We, we've seen three of these movies, and I and I th- there were a lot of critics I, I saw like. Yeah, we're critics. We're, this, is, this is a wholly new product, but it's absolutely impossible to pretend like these movies didn't yeah. happen as recently as they did. These and to, films were billion-dollar films. Yeah, everybody knows his origin. These these are not films that these are films that this is like the, the sixth highest-grossing movie in the entire universe. Yeah, people know this story. There's no reason to tell it again. Mm-hmm. And while I thought they occasionally told it interesting in an interesting way, it took too long to get there, and I would have been very happy just starting out understanding Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man. Yeah, or just go for, like, they could have opened, like, I'm Spider-Man, how'd that happen? Or just, mm-hmm. like, a half hour tops on making him Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. it still took another hour before he was finally in the suit. Yeah. And it was, and that was, that was, uh, that was another problem for me. It was right. that the, the, the film just hit the same kind of beats. Like, often, like, he, he made, this same thing happened in Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He makes his suit. After trying out different versions of, uh, like, shitty versions of the suit, makes his suit, and then there is a montage of seeing flashes of (laughs) Spider-Man while he stops crime and seeing city reactions to it, Mm. and then you see him in his full spidery glory at the end of a montage. And I'm like, this is the same thing. Like, that happened several times that film. Like, I get it. You're getting the same way again. and. Mm. And there were other points too where it was there seemed to be too much meddling like from mm-hmm. studios, but but that's spoilery talk. But another good thing, like I thought, Uncle Ben was great. Aunt May was like nothing. It's my biggest problem: Aunt May yeah. is way too hot to be Aunt May. Yeah. Sorry, I know I've seen Smoking the Bandit a hundred times, and <laughs> Sally Sally Field is a really sexy frog, and Mama Forest. But <laughs> but other people like complain that uh, other people complain to me like why well, didn't like dowdy old Aunt May with all her speeches in the Spider Man trilogy like yes those were her speeches were way too overdone but Aunt May is an old bag like she is an a, old bag she's an old lady who gets scared of stuff and asks but, but she's also she is also an emotional anchor for Peter which yeah. I don't think especially she, showing her reaction to the death of Uncle Ben and that's real spoilery mm-hmm. if this yeah. were 1960 yes. Um, 
is she she needed help more than like she is there to help Peter. Yeah. She does do a you know of course she does that at the end, but like that's what Aunt May is. She is a, she's a rock. She's a sturdy foundation. Yeah. For for Peter to connect back with his old life. She and just seemed like she for, wasn't old enough. She wasn't yeah. evil enough. She, she didn't need. I didn't feel like she needed protection. And she wasn't forgotten enough. Or she we was know forgotten. she took that twelve blocks of the subway on her own. <laughs> she was forgotten pretty well mm-hmm. in the film too. Like just totally forgot. Like yeah. the film just kind of like Aunt May is somewhere else. Uh, she took a she took a very very long backseat to Uncle Ben and his rice, and then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden emerging like, oh yeah, this is, I'm here too. I'm the one who will be with you throughout this entire trilogy. I'll be in the next film. Yeah. So let me say these words. I also like you know I've been talking for months about how I hated the lizard design, mm-hmm. but I want to say a couple nice things about it. Like the way Lizard's size is communicated in the film is good. Like yes. he's he's a big guy. He's not. And that's different. Like, you've seen Spider-Man in the trilogy fight normal-sized humans. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes they had robot arms, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they could grow into giant sand monsters, but mostly they were human-sized people. Mm -hmm. But the lizard is, like, twice a man's size. Like, Mm -hmm. he's a monster. Like, he's a a film monster. Yeah. And so, like, some of the fights, like, look different. They, They It made it made the fights different. Sometimes seeing Spidey swinging around, I was like, this... Pretty much looks like Spider-Man swinging around in this Raimi films, but then the lizard's face still never worked for me. Like especially when he had to say things and communicate dialogue, I was like, "Oof." Yeah, looks, no. And I, we already discussed it. You look at the Goomba from the Super Mario yes. Brothers movie; it's really hard to unsee that. And it was, and I thought yes. it was convincing that when he did open his mouth on occasion. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a deal breaker. Yeah. For me. Well, because when he opened his mouth, then you could see like the jawline of more of a lizardy alligator type thing. Yeah, actually, was that like, was that was exactly it. Yeah, that looked more interesting to me. I was like, you guys should put more emphasis on that because in some pictures it just looks like he has a human mouth. And, and I haven't read any lips. lizard arcs where uh, the lizard attack attracts or commands lizards. He's he's done that. I, he commands the R-type brain into there to come after him. I don't know. I, was, I thought that was sort of silly. Eh. But not the silliest thing about the lizard and his wheelings and dealings is um, he is a genius mm-hmm. and also mad. So a mad genius. Every single plan he has that Spider-Man has to subvert has a very, very silly UI that calls out the amount of time it'll take before yeah. the device will actually start working. Well, Two I, minutes until detonation. Like, you know, well, it's not a bomb. Yeah, uh, let's talk... All right, let's 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 save the rest of that for the second half, because gotcha. I, I have specific complaints I want to make about that. Do you want to ask people questions? Yeah, why don't we, uh, on Twitter, check and see if anybody has any questions they want us to answer about uh, Spider-Man and whatnot. Uh, Is there any other news before we get into uh, that? Well, I didn't want to say first what I had been reading, but uh, I think back, like, it's... I spent too much money on old Spider-Man comics. So I uh, last week you heard me talking about Amazing Spider-Man collections I bought. Uh, you I, were in the theater and yes. I, every, we were in line. We stumbled over how to make that joke. Like Henry, you know Spider-Man's not here to sign these. Yes. You didn't have to buy sixteen so, trades. So that day I had gotten five Spider-Man trade paperbacks in the mail, <laughs> and from Amazon bought through the Laser Time Amazon link. Do it too, guys. So I bought all those, and they're old Spider-Man comics, and then I show them to people where, like, here's where Gwen Stacy died, and and they couldn't, uh, we couldn't not laugh at it, because when Gwen Stacy dies, Spider-Man is holding her dead body, (laughs) and when he should just say, 
you no. monster. Like, he could just say something like no, or even like something cheesy like, you monster, you killed, you killed Gwen Stacy, I'm going to kill you. He says like a hundred, over a hundred words about how angry he is. And he keeps saying like, you, you ki- creep, you creep. You know what? I'm going to be the guy that kills you because you killed my woman and now you're going to die. This is the last straw, you palooka. Yeah, I know. It was so... It, it totally takes you out of it because, like, oh, Spider... There's there's moments in the death of Gwen Stacy where mm. Spider-Man should really feel something. He's like, wow, she's dead. I, I feel... She's she's dead. And like he he feels totally powerless. Mm-hmm. But then other times he just talks too 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 much. Yeah. The Gwen Stacy in the comics it, they killed her because she became pointless. They created the uh, they created a love triangle that uh, like this 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 is what's been interesting to me. I never really read. I'd read early Spider Man and then I'd read Spider Man from about two fifty up to. Up to the 600s as we know them now, like up to now. Like I was very familiar with that and the stuff from about 1 to 60. But 60 and the 100s, like I was pretty unknown about. So reading these, you see like Spider-Man, Peter in college. Mm -hmm. Like they had Spider-Man age a year for every year in the comics for the first few years. And so like he's only in high school up to issue 36. And then he's in college and that's where he meets Mary, uh that's where he well he already met Mary Jane but uh that's where he's in college with Gwen Stacy and Harry Osborne and there was a funny I, I realized that they created this love triangle like they wanted to have Betty and Veronica <laughs> like that's what Stanley wanted he was like it's Betty and Veronica with Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane the answer and, is always Betty the blonde well so then and then, meanwhile, uh, they made somebody I read online made a funny joke that mm-hmm. Harry Osborne thought he was he was also Archie in the comics, but he didn't realize he was the Jughead of the group. Like Peter, Peter is Archie, and Harry thinks he's the star, but he's Jughead. <laughs> Taking but, questions from people, a uh, paper friend uh, at day of on Twitter said, "Why are you all so super sexy fresh?" Uh, or what did you guys uh, did you guys like the new Spider-Man movie? We're answering for you that now, but yeah. the question he asked after that, I think we'll have to save for a little bit. Oh, okay, because I'm very angry about that, and it's it so, sh- it spoil. Ugh. All right, but and so it, other than reading old Spider-Man comics, I haven't. Uh, I also got the newly reprinted Rebirth of Thanos trade, which might just be my Hank's corner of the week. Yeah, I'll, I'll lend it to you, but it's it's totally worth totally 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 worth buying, bros. Yeah, online. Yep. So. That's uh, and I've been reading a lot more stuff, but mostly just ancient Spider-Man, amazing now, issues. I, I amazing do wonder Spider-Man. if you think people could pick up and get interested with ancient Spider-Man, or do you really think you're going to go back and read that with the same kind of vigor? I have been, new Spider-Man. I've been reading them. There's been times I'm reading them more as as research, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. Of like, I want to know exactly what happened in these because growing up, you always read. How they happen, like they recount them to you all yeah. the time because important things happen in them. But then when I'm actually reading them, like I always read about how did how did Captain Stacy die, and then you re they always recount how Doc Ock knocked a, Doctor Octopus knocked a chimney on him. It's really books. stupid. <laughs> but then, so I always knew how he died, but I didn't know what happened immediately after that. I couldn't put it contextualize it in a series. Same with the original Clone Saga. Or when Mary Jane first appeared, like you know how she first appeared, and went like, "Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot." And then 
for most people in Spider-Man history, as far as Spider-Man history is concerned, it ends there. Like that's when Spider, that's when Peter Parker first met her, and then they had stuff later on. But you don't, if you read them in chronological order, you see the next issue. Mary Jane stays for dinner, and like it's them meeting. It's just an interesting way to see the history actually unfold as it unfolded. Like yeah. that's no, what I, I like. About I, I absolutely agree. It's just like most of that stuff. I generally like condensed or in like a, yeah. a documentary you form. You have to condense it because I, I honestly skip a lot of word balloons because I'm like, these are totally useless. Like <laughs> a lot of the times it feels like Stanley or the people who followed Stanley, like Jerry Conway on the book, mm-hmm. didn't trust their artist's ability mm-hmm. to express what was happening. Like in oh. a lot of the panels, you look at it, you're like, I know what's happening here. I understand this. I don't need it fully explained. And then the, and then the word balloon will have. Spider-Man saying more words than he possibly could say in that moment, <laughs> explaining exactly yeah. what he's doing in the scene. Like him saying, like, I only have so much time to do it, but if I flip around just the right way and web him in the face, I think I can. Uh, there, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah, uh, yeah. because it, it shows a distrust for the audience. Like, it's not needed. In, in that Steve Ditko documentary, they bring up how... One of the most famous scenes in all of comic books, let alone Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is when Spider-Man is is trapped under like this bit, this uh, this structure, and water is coming up, and he's going to drown, and he can't. It's too heavy for him, and he then thinks of Aunt May and how he's letting her down, and how he let down Uncle Ben too, and mm-hmm. then he slowly like gets the energy and pushes himself harder than he ever has and then sh- throws off the shackles and is free and it's one of the most amazing scenes ever like it makes Steve sense. Ditko's masterwork and the art tells you everything I mean, it's don't that, that old film matter to the show don't tell but then Stan Lee wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't put word balloons over it to explain things and so mm. I'm not saying like Stan Lee's word balloons never enhanced a story because sometimes there was good dialogue with good in a relative sense that mm-hmm. explained character and gave get, and had a reason to exist mm-hmm. but most of the time it was describing what you could already see yeah, yeah but, that's, that's a good, but there's, we're, we just asked people on Twitter because Hank and I are like other than talking about short, Spider-Man we don't have a lot of topics this is we're recording this on the 4th of July mm-hmm. just to make sure we have a show for you tomorrow uh, but the mad Maui said this may sound in- ignorant but is there a definitive point where comics started taking themselves more seriously and I think yeah. that's that's some. Do you do you put that at a point in time when they stopped talking like that? That's because a, whenever they stopped talking like that, it was when I got interested again. It was a series of moments, really, mm-hmm. like it was, that that kind of slowly grew up. Like, uh, like uh, I'll I'll take for example. This is an Alan Moore quote, mm-hmm. but um, the way DC made superheroes and Marvel before 1960, the mm-hmm. way DC made characters. Their stories were about one-dimensional supermen, yeah. and there was nothing to them. And then, as Alan Moore puts it, Marvel revolutionized the business by having two-dimensional characters. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. Like, they were... Spider-Man was famous for, like, he has problems. Like, Clark mm-hmm. Kent never, ever had a problem in his life, neither did Bruce Wayne. It's all about their job. Or or Clark Kent had problems like, Lois Lane is being a bitch, or I can't... I can't get married. I'm Superman, but I'm also a perfect god. Mm-hmm. Well, Spider-Man had problems. Like he couldn't, he couldn't do things right. He could, ne- he'd run out of time, and the, or the Fantastic Four was a bickering family. Like and so you started. It started growing from there, and then also in the late '60s were underground comics that did really crazy things. Mm-hmm. And then in the '70s there were moments like like the death of Gwen Stacy is called the death of Silver Age comics, mm-hmm. and. 
that's when things started getting a little darker. And there were moments like the creation of the Punisher and Wolverine, mm-hmm. who were murderers, but they're, also they're superheroes. Yeah. And then at yeah. the same time, they, in, at least in the Batman comics, they made a marked decision of like, Batman's the Dark Knight again. See, I, this I goofy, we're done with the Adam West goofy bullshit. I can't place it, but I know, like, I, I, I put some uh, credit to the Vertigo series or just the DC's mm. ability to, like, yeah, use these characters and tell whatever story you want. It does. It's not canonical. Why? Well, and I feel like they did that a lot more yeah, than Marvel did. I do think grown-up comics as we know them, like it's the eighties. The eighties is when is, was when it happened because. There were always independent comics in the mm-hmm. '60s. There were still independent comics that were dealing with emotion, like real subjects, mm-hmm. and didn't need people in spandex. But it was in the '80s that grown-up comics became the really popularized in the mainstream, and so they started getting made more. Like, would you attribute any of that would, to the success of the Superman movie? Mm, it sort of validates the childhood memories of, and like, yeah, it sort of did. But I think it was more so just like Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns, yeah. both. Okay. Had spandex characters, but real emotions and yes. dark feelings, yes. and and grown up storytelling that didn't didn't hold your hand and with I, I Stanley. Stuff. I don't yeah. understand why where DC got the 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 gall to. Oh uh, yeah, well yeah, do yeah, tell a crazy story with these these. Well yeah, because well because Watchmen and and it also it's actually a trio. Everybody always mm-hmm. says Watchmen and Dark Knight, but it's also um, Mouse the uh, yeah, the. Mouse. The auto or the biography of this man's father who mm-hmm. survived uh, the concentration camp. And uh, yes, yeah. Ned Flanders on Twitter asks favorite comic involving bestiality. Like, let's just say mouse. Those are beasts. <laughs> Those are mice. There. But yeah, so I think after that, Marvel always bitched that uh, oh, because DC is owned by Warner Brothers, they can take mm-hmm. chances and print Vertigo stuff that won't sell. That maybe won't sell that well, but we can't take that risk. We have to. We have to stick with things that. But, what well, you got to say now, Disney Files? Yeah, now they can. Now they just don't do it. Like Vertigo still exists <laughs> and is making real well, stuff. They do. So. I think they do do it. Do not scold me for saying do uh-huh. do. But I think that. But the Ultimate Line is a little bit of an example of that. Of yeah. Like playing around with the universe. It got and, closer and it, to it, but and it, they they are playing with the universe to a, to appeal to a more modern generation, but mm-hmm. they're not getting as nasty as yeah. DC did. Well, I feel like ultimate the ultimate line really its best quality was that it uh, pushed the writers of real Marvel universe mm-hmm. to be better writers. Yeah, and then huh. to either step up their game to match the ultimate universe quality storytelling, or just to hire the people writing those books in general. I have That's a question like. for you, Spider Man okay. related. Alrighty, why does Spider Man have a hyphen in his name? <laughs> um. You know, it's strange. It's just what they chose to do in the in the original Amazing Fantasy 15. Mm-hmm. They actually do it both ways. Like, yeah. sometimes he speaks his name aloud, and it's Spider-Man written mm-hmm. like Batman with no hyphen. But I think it was on the cover. It was Spider-Man. And then by and then by Amazing Spider-Man number one, they were fully committed. Like, no, Spider-Man. But was- I... I, th- I mean, it definitely differentiates itself from Bat, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. It, it was not that easy to Google. By mm-hmm. that, I mean it took me four results because, because somebody has a Tumblr called Spider-Man is hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then somebody had a cute response like, the hyphen is his web. <laughs> that's cute. Uh, I'd like I to like think of that. it like that. And that's how you should remember how to spell it always. Speaking uh, of, yeah. But then Stan Lee said, uh, sim- oh, simple as this. 
Why did I do that? Because I did not want it to look like Superman. It's oh, like the same see? amount of uh, yeah. letter. It starts with the same thing, and mm. on paper it could occupy the same. He didn't say all this, but like if you right. think about spelling it without a hyphen, it could look very similar yeah. on the page. Yeah, oh, so, so to make sure it didn't look like Superman. Mm-hmm. No, that totally makes sense. And I, that's Uncle Stan. So you know, like I, I didn't. I'm not that much of a genius. Speaking of Google results, that mm-hmm. actually, I, at my job recently, it was uh, just a quick funny story about how we're trying to. We sometimes try to uh, write story or write headlines to get as high Google results as we could, but we can for stuff. We were trying to do that for Spider-Man, but it was point. So I did several Spider-Man stories, which you should read on the website. It's like best Spider-Man games. And, How do they so uh, show go up to GamesRadar.com and search What's best Spider-Man events? So here's, but here's the problem. And they pointed out to me like, well, this didn't have as much Google power as it should have because so you it. You spelled because it you spelled it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I felt I got a little defensive there. I was like, I'm, and I don't think he was telling me to spell it wrong and that I should have spelled it wrong in the headline, but I. But it's a pet peeve of mine to not spell Spider-Man without a hyphen or with a capital M. I was like, well, I'm not going to spell Spider-Man wrong, okay? <laughs> Spider-Man is... You could just get somebody else, okay? Yeah. yeah it's... So, you know, hey, guys, when you search Spider-Man in Google, spell it the right way so that maybe <laughs> that Google result will move up some. Huh? Uh-huh. I know, I know. All right. That's a lot to ask of uh, people. Well, Chris, did you read anything this week? Um, well, hold on. Mm-hmm. Brand uh, Dumb said, uh, do you all answer the queries or just read them? That's my only question. I think we've just answered you. I, yep. Um, oh, well, we should talk about news, though. The yeah. uh, Marvel Now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there was actually a ton of pre-Comic-Con stuff coming out in Entertainment Weekly, of all things. They had their Comic-Con issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Marvel Now is happening, and there's going to be more details about it next week at Comic-Con, which you and I will be at. Yes. Um, so at uh, But the gist of it is... As Marvel has been implying heavily, after Avengers vs. X-Men, big changes are going to happen in their universe. And people were afraid, is this going to be a new 52-style reboot? Uh, And then Marvel has said, specifically, the old continuity will count. We're not resetting the universe, Mm -hmm. but there are going to be a lot of new number ones. People, Mm -hmm. characters, status quos are going to be changed. And there's going to be a lot of jumping on points, but the old stuff still counts. But here's what was most exciting for me. So in Entertainment Weekly, uh, actually I should pull it up, Chris, so you can see it because I don't think you've seen it. What? The, the, the teaser image of what Marvel now is. Oh, okay. So in Entertainment Weekly, they had this image. I'll Google it. That was. Uh, okay, fine. Well, I want to I wanna see everybody too. Mm-hmm. So they had this uh, image that um, was done by Joe Quesada, the editor-in-chief of all the characters that are going to be central to, or most of the characters that are going to be central to Marvel now. And the biggest of all, what, like in there was Jean Grey, but Jean Grey as herself in like her original costume. Huh. And then there's the Hulk in a new costume, and Rocky Thor. Rock. Thor right. What? And and Thor seems to have like swords on his back. You see, and and Cap's costume looks really different, or a bit different, like a lot more like his ultimate self, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? And uh, and then there's the new Nick Fury, who's the African American son of Nick Fury, who looks just like. Nick Fury in the that movies. That Invisible Woman is the only representative of Fantastic Four. Right. But then, but you see Iron Man central there and Spider-Man. Spider-Man looks pretty unchanged compared to everybody else. Yeah. You see Cable, I think is that, I think that's Cable, the that's, other one I've got. definitely Cable. But, and, but most exciting to me is there's Nova 
And then Rocket fucking Raccoon is yeah. right there. Out of all the characters they could draw in there, out of all the Marvel <laughs> characters, there's Rocket Raccoon. And it really does look ripped straight from um, yes. the Marvel vs. Cap, Ultimate Marvel vs. Cap. I know, I know. And, you know, we had a friend who, like, was telling us that when they included Nova and Rocket Raccoon in Mar- Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom... They were surprised that Marvel was pushing so hard for those guys when they had no visibility in comics. This is when their things are coming to fruition. And this also, we didn't get to talk about it last week because Mm -hmm. it happened after the show was taped. The Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That that that's in the pi- that's apparently going to be officially announced at Comic Con, a Guardians of the Galaxy film from Marvel Comics in the Marvel Studios universe, same as the Avengers, which would set up. Thanos' stuff. And the fact that Nova and Rocket Raccoon are in there say to me that they will 100% be in that movie and they'll be the stars of that movie. I, From a commercial sensibility, I just don't know how Rocket Raccoon and Nova could actually be cool stars and, yeah. and be international stars, but I'm very excited. Well, I mean, it worked for Howard the Duck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cosmic superheroes are the hardest sell, I do think. We, how, do we have enough time to read any more questions from people? I, I just want to say the release date, though, real oh, okay. quick. So this is the rumored release date that's going uh, August 1st, 2014 for Guardians of the Galaxy. Jesus. Well, meanwhile, uh, the other 2014 superhero films. So in 2013, there's, I think, only Iron Man 3 is the only Marvel uh, film. Thor 2? Um, oh, yeah, I think Thor 2 as well in 2013. But 2014 is Captain America 2 on April 4th. Mm-hmm. And Amazing Spider-Man 2 on May 2nd, and X-Men First Class on July 18th. I like it. Uh, Actually, you know what? Uh, Ask me that question, but I'm also curious to see what Spider-Man's first day box office results are. To see if uh, how well, big of a hit. Bear Club wants to know have any of us read Runaways, and I keep being told to read that. I love Runaways, okay, but I will good. say to Pedro Bear Claw that I've only read it to when Brian K. Vaughn left the book. I was told, mm. uh, like, actually, Joss Whedon wrote a limited run on it. It really? was apparently really good, but I didn't. I, didn't I thought he was it, talking about. Was he talking about adapting that into film? Uh, yeah, uh, maybe it wouldn't make a bad film. It would make a good film. Well, but, okay, okay, poop losses. Uh-huh. Uh, says I kind of like Sy- Sykes V visor, Cyclops. Cyclops is V. Oh, for uh, his new costume. Mm-hmm. But yeah. my fave will always be the '90s era Jim Lee design. Well, oh, because what are yours, Zark. I like the '90s era Jim Lee design too. Like mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was the one that was in the cartoon show that we all watched yes. as kids, and it was the costume he wore in Marvel vs. Capcom. That's but I don't think you're, you're going to see us jump on the games. new look bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not saying that just because it's new, mm-hmm. but because there's something about it that looks evil, and he's definitely yeah. taken a turn to make making very unpopular decisions. Yeah, with, I. Uh, so many of his other costumes are like they all. They all just play on a, like, the Jim Lee one shook things up the most yeah. because most of them are just like, it's a full body suit that's blue, he has yellow gloves of some kind, and then the visor, and you can't Ooh. see his hair. But I really like the, um, I liked the, I liked his classic one that was in the burn days of yellow underpants, yellow boots, blue body, and yellow visor. But I also really liked his costume in Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. I thought that was really good. Uh, who do you think uh, says uh, Phase on One Seventeen, Dylan? Well, what do you think? What is your dream role for Wade Wilson in a Deadpool movie? Well, oh, you mean who should be him? Yes, obviously I Ryan Reynolds. I did think Ryan game. Reynolds would have been a good one. But, I think so uh, too. I actually think they should just go with a full-on comedic actor and Russell Brand. <laughs> no, 
No, no the they, Russell Brand. They should go with somebody who's really funny and just mm-hmm. and just like not even get them buff or pretend like they can do those things. Just let CG do all the work on it. Here's what you, uh, you know what I really see. want to see. Who? Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I would really like He'd to be see. Great. I would really like to see him as Deadpool. Uh, he would be awesome. And if I have my way, it'll happen. Oh, so Amazing Spider-Man set the Tuesday record for best opening, a uh, best, best, uh, highest, uh, mon- most money made on a Tuesday ever, which is thirty-five Not million. Not impressed. Thirty-five million, which beat Transformers uh, of two thousand seven. Everything should always beat Transformers from here on out, people. We can't let this stand to that movie <laughs> but pull the record for anything. Though its opening day is the lowest in Spider-Man franchise history. It, it made $35 million I can s- compared to $59 million for Spider-Man 3, $40 million for Spider-Man 2, and $39 million what, for Spider-Man. What makes me really uncomfortable with the new Spider-Man movies, the way these rights work is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not a spoiler to say like Spider-Man doesn't share universes in the way the other Marvel yeah, movies. And I feel don't. like it's it's got to be a dick move on Sony's part yeah. because why wouldn't you do that? Mm. Well, All you have to do so- is ask or pay a little bit of money, and it would enhance your film a mm. billion fold. But Sony doesn't. I can see from a money standpoint, Sony Sony executives just look like oh. We made a trilogy of Spider-Man films that yeah. made us $2 billion. So you wouldn't want to feed Let's off the energy make... of the Avengers by even putting fucking Hawkeye in there for nah, a second? They'd rather they'd rather keep it to be just their success. Dicks. And also to stop somebody else from making money. And that's that's, and that's what another it's... reason. But that's what yeah, that's why they keep making... They have to make movies routinely because they will lose the right to do so yeah. if they don't keep making Spider-Man movies. So whether that's... we like this or not... There will be another one. That's the same reason you'll see a Fantastic Four reboot yes. soon enough. And, if, and a Punisher one, or why X-Men First Class existed. Yeah. Because they all hit their third movie, and they're like, we don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Like, but we don't want to lose this license, because it's been yeah. good, very good to us. We don't want Disney to make all the money I do fear, I fear. I fear a moment when we're like, we are going to have to, pub, as a public, as a people, protest <laughs> Spider-Man it, movies. Yeah. I do. I do. I mm-hmm. feel that could be the case. Well, there, I yeah, I've, I said this on the podcast before, but the thought of like when when watching the Avengers in New York City mm-hmm. and New York was being destroyed, just for a moment, I thought to myself, if Spider Man just swung yeah, by and saved one person, it would like my heart would explode just with joy, second. like just to create such a shared universe. And and it's really like I would bet Marvel Studios would be fine with it. I think it's just Sony and. Uh, Faison also asked, "What's your favorite superhero film uh, sequel film of all time? Any mm. like like Dark Knight or Spider Man Two? God, that's really tough. X Men Two. X Men Two. X Men Two is is one yeah. of the greatest uh, superhero movies ever made. Period. Yeah. X Men Two. X Men Two. Two. If you want to be a dick. X Two and Dark Knight are like tied for me X2 because United. and Superman Two. No, seriously, it's nothing. To, good it's parts. nothing to There's sneeze really at. It's, it's it's super canonical. Involves the fucking Phantom Zone, Until which makes it always stupid red. shit. Yes, it's stupid. My hair, whoa, my hat, uh, but the foot. No, at, dude. Even it was even relative to the Superman issues at the time. Like that is the tone mm. that is what Superman. Well, was. now that's why number one's tone was just mm. right because it was kind of cornball, but mm. also very real. Well, meanwhile, like, uh, but yeah, X Men two. I think it's gonna is my favorite team superhero film of all time. Everybody had something awesome to do and was so cool and knew their characters and like not only were the action sequences great, but they followed from one to the other perfectly mm-hmm. and like the escalation was amazing. And when you see that film and see how it ends and see what they're setting up, just 
God, why couldn't Brian Singer have just made the third one instead yeah. of... Couldn't wait. He's, yeah, he couldn't eat. You couldn't wait. No, well, and Superman. He had to make Superman. Like, yeah. yeah, he had to... Well, I have to make a Richard Donner Superman. Like, no. If all you want to do... That's why that film sucked. And it didn't suck, but that's why that film failed, Superman Returns. Because all he wanted to do was imitate Richard Donner. He had nothing new to give Superman. He just wanted to make a Richard Donner film. He cast the guy that looked most like Christopher Reeves in, in that he could find. Yep. Robert Breach asks, uh, wait, he, but, you think it's too over the top when Spidey breaks sports equipment? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, let's see. Also, should they bring back J.K. Simmons and Willem Dafoe? Not Willem Dafoe necessarily, but J.K. Simmons. He'll always be around. He'll always be affordable. J.K. Simmons was he born... He should always be J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons was born to be J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> he exists to be... He's the, he is the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. No other person on Earth could be better. Uh, especially... Though there's a funny bit in the... Um, in There was the Spider-Man... In Spider-Man 2, they mm-hmm. take the one of the storylines from like Spider-Man No More where Spider-Man throws out his costume mm-hmm. and then somebody sells it to J. Jonah Jameson. And in the director's cut of Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. they have these scenes where J. Jonah Jameson is making fun of Spider-Man and he puts on the costume and is posing around in it. But then on the commentary, Toby, uh, not Toby, Sam Raimi says mm-hmm. why they cut it. And they said, because when he's in the skin-tight spandex, you're like, wow, J.K. Simmons is in really good shape. Well, what? <laughs> well this totally yeah. distracts us. J. Uh, Jonah Jameson shouldn't have this good of a body. So we had to just cut this scene. Uh, and then lastly, he said... Uh, 23 Breach says, Hey, I'm swinging it! Oof! Ouch! Oh, yeah, that line in the what movie. Was, I didn't like that. Was that bad? That was corny. Yeah, it was pretty Spider-Man to me. Yeah, Spider-Man... <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's sometimes where I see Spider-Man joking in comics, mm-hmm. and you could say, Oh, man, he's a bad joker. He tells bad jokes. But then I'm like... In my mind, I tell myself, Spider-Man tells bad jokes because he knows they're bad. And he wants to... He's, he's anti-comedy, like Tim and Eric. Mm-hmm. I think it's because he's always had those kind of jokes to make. And he yeah. could never do them in the work or school mm-hmm. place. It's when he place. comes alive yeah. as he can Spider-Man. Say, he can say anything you want with a shield of anonymity and a certain amount of respect. Knowing that and people will, uh, yes, man, he laugh at his jokes. And that shit Tobey Maguire almost never did as Spider-Man. Would, uh, ta- ta- Tony Jones Kerr on Twitter Ask would you recommend reading ama- uh, what would you what would you recommend reading in the Amazing Spider-Man universe? What's the best? What's good for beginners? I Brand New Day is the start. I like read Brand it's... New Day. I was reading Brand New Day up until the moment I went to the theater mm-hmm. to see this. I really did. Now Brand New Day is about a hundred plus issues of just the perfect jumping on point. Like mm-hmm. everything, you don't need to know anything, and they explain any old stuff to you so well. That you don't, and it's written for a modern audience. The problem with a lot of some people would say J. Michael Straczynski, but no, J. Michael Straczynski had so many low points. And you know who wrote Brand New Day? Brand New Day was, well, that was the interesting approach about Brand New Day. It was published, the reason there's so many issues, even though it only took place over five years, mm-hmm. was because they published Amazing Spider-Man three times a month. Yeah. Three issues every month. And That's so... Started well, it off. was more than a few. Uh, but the, the but first, he kicked it off. Why did no, the guy no, no, the first the issue future? was written by Dan Slott. Sure. But, but uh, Dan Slott, Bob Gale, who... 
doesn't after, write a lot of comics. Uh, he he kind of yeah he's he's but when he when he wants to, Marvel gives him the space to huh. do it. So, but he's they, the writer of the Back to the Future trilogy. It's yep. important to mention. But he also he wrote a he wrote a pretty good Daredevil book a while yeah. back. I remember too, Bob. Yeah, I, and, I recommend big time to everybody to meet. But I, also Mark Wade, Mark Guggenheim, mm-hmm. uh, and Zeb Wells mm-hmm. and Joe Kelly all wrote. They were the main writers on it. Spider Man Big Time is on sale until tomorrow at mm-hmm. eleven o'clock Eastern. Big Time is also a great starting point. Yes. With my yes. Toe? I'm yeah. sorry about that. Uh, it's on sale, and I, we are going to give away. We're going to oh, give yes. away a digital copy of Big Time. Oh boy! When we get back from our break, how about that? Yes. And then we'll talk to you. You will have your question of the week and more on the other side. Hey there, folks. I uh, want to thank you again for listening to LazerTimePodcast.com's Cape Crisis, my favorite comic book podcast because I make it. If you like this podcast, you should check out LazerTimePodcast.com and see all the other great offerings on there, such as Poison Popcorn and Ladies Night, the news comic series, or in uh, the other podcasts on the network, Laser Time, the granddaddy of them all, and VG Empire, our video game music podcast. All great listens. Uh, also on the site, if you do enjoy it so much, there's on the left side of the screen a little old, little old donate button. You can click on that, give us a little money, help us keep the show free, and keep the tech going on this little machine. Uh, elsewhere on the site, you'll uh, a little below that, you'll see a link to getting a t-shirt if you'd like to support us that way. we got lots of funny t-shirts, folks. And uh, if you'd like to support us in a different way, uh, on the right side of the screen and on most of the uh, pages on the site, you'll see links to things you can purchase on Amazon, including comic books. Click on those, buy anything on, uh, buy anything on Amazon through those links, and we get a little money sent to us. So... Any way you can help would be really great. Also, if you listen to this on iTunes or Zoom, uh, please make sure that you subscribe to it, and that you uh, and if you could give us a five star rating and review on either of those or both, that would be very much appreciated, and it really helps us out in placement and visibility. Uh, now, for the last part of the break, this is time for Hank's Corner, uh, where I pick my comic of the week and suggest you guys read it. This week's is the Silver Surfer Collection Rebirth of Thanos that just got put back into print. So, well, before I've suggested the Infinity Gauntlet st- storyline is a great way to learn who Thanos is, the guy who you see at the end of the Avengers film. Uh, and that is a great way to see it, but if you want to know how he got the Infinity Gauntlet that he starts with in the crossover, then you need to read the Silver Surfer Rise of, uh, Return of Thanos book. In that, it not only shows how he came back to life and menaced the Silver Surfer again, but how he collected the six Infinity Gems in a very interesting, fun story of him using his wits to get all of the all six Infinity Gems from the masters of them all over the universe. It's a really great read. Finally back in print. Get it before it goes back out of print again, guys. Uh, and you'll see a link to that on the story page for this uh, episode on lasertimepodcast.com or go to capecrisis.com too or hulkdick.com whatever your preference uh, and now back to the rest of the show you came here to die 
Welcome back, guys. Hi, guys. Wow, I'm part two. Actually, pretty overwhelmed. Oh, I'm definitely going to tweet about this. I'm lucky I had that up there. Uh, to the, <laughs> I did not I did not do that intentionally, but I was going to talk about the, the response you guys have given us. We're recording here without a, little, a lot of preparation and ask mm. you, to, you to ask us questions live via Twitter, uh, Laser Time Show at Twitter, or Twitter.com slash Laser Time Show. That also leads me, we asked you guys a question and you answered, you, wow, you really came to the table very quickly. Alex, Alex Turner asks, um, how does Henry's uh, Twitter handle go again? I don't feel like he says it enough. <laughs> Why, well, it's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. All right, that's not as excited as I'm used to you hearing it. <laughs> Run out of the excitement. This is a really, I'm saying juvenile, but not in a bad way. It makes me want to think about it. Patrick, PC Mustang GT on Twitter asks, what superhero do you wish, wish was real? Like you could sidekick for. Oh, wow, yeah. I pick uh, Green Lantern. I think I'd go on the most fun adventures with him. Really? Like I'd get to see outer space and fly around with him. And uh, well, no, actually, if I was with Iron Man, I'd get the most money though. <laughs> yeah, you'd be financed. And the the least, they're all pretty dangerous lives though. Like you're, it's quite likely you'll die. I wanted to say I wanted to say Deadpool, but Bob doesn't get treated very well. <laughs> and uh, I I hate to say Spider Man, but like. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw the movie, and there's not there's nothing more fun than the way he travels mm-hmm. through a city that I desperately Ooh, want to live in yeah. one day. God, oh my God, yeah. I do wish and I you could can't live be in New York City. Sidekick, if you can't be side by side with him, <laughs> so you would it would require that I have Spider Man's prowers, and I I haven't gotten that far into the Morales uh, saga of the uh, the Ultimate Comic Spider Man, mm-hmm. but I do think it's interesting that. He does. He doesn't develop organic web skills, mm-hmm. and he's not he up to the level. Have webs. He doesn't have webs. He just jumps around. He jumps around, but he's got a venomous touch, and mm. he can camouflage himself. Obviously, I prefer webs, but I do yes. think it's a very interesting approach. Oh, man, it was. I wish we had this podcast when I mm-hmm. went to New York for the first time late last year, because when I was walking around there, I was like. Man, this has been. I have been raised my whole life to worship New York, and I didn't even realize it. Like, not just like popular films that take place in New York, but also every Marvel comic takes place in New York. And so, I'm just used to seeing the skyline from every angle in million, thousands of comics. That, yeah, God, I wish um, I could live if I could live in New York for like five years. Here, here's awesome. something I meant to ask you about. Uh, Ozzy Martinez, Scruffy Leotard on Twitter. Ask, uh, hey, I'll be in San Francisco in two weeks to visit a friend. Any recommendation for a good comic shop? Uh, and I like I like Mission Comics just yeah. because of how, I don't know, I just discovered it. It was mine, and like nobody was going there for a while, and it was super well laid out and mm-hmm. had a giant section of like local artists, and like I was absolutely blown away by how many local comic book artists we have here. Uh, it's got a great section of new stuff, an art showcase in the back. But then, you know, it has every, it, it has tons of trades and everything that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, I know on, over on Divisadero, Divisadero Street, there's the Comic Experience. I believe that's the one Brett usually uh, goes to. It's it's mm-hmm. also super, it's also super w- well laid out. But then, like I forgot, because I met this dude a while ago, uh, Isotope Comics. I just went. Yeah, there that recently. one I've been to. That one's good. Like uh, he has a giant, like on display, a Doctor Strange outfit. <laughs> and I, I like, oh shit, that's the Doctor Strange outfit. And I walk out of them like, Doctor Strange outfit from what? What is this from? From real life, I guess. No, there were uh, Doctor Strange. It was a Doctor Strange TV movie. Oh, oh yeah. And I yeah. don't know that it's from that, but it's displayed as if it were. 
it were from that uh, movie, and it's geez. like it's right there for you to see, and it's also it's also super well laid out. Like that, I yeah. think that would probably be my favorite comic store, and it's you know I actually make it a point to go there much more. But Isotope mm-hmm. is super cool, and I, I love that the dude there probably he doesn't remember meeting me, so do not mention me to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is James, but he looks he looks like a comic book character, like huge hair, <laughs> funny facial hair. Really makes yeah. it, it makes it a point to look the part. Sadly, I can't really suggest any SF stores. I I don't really go to them. Mm-hmm. I live in Berkeley, so you should go sometime. In Berkeley, there is uh, Fantastic Comics, which was former formerly um, uh, Comic Relief, mm-hmm. and sadly, when it had to be renamed, they also lost some of their space that they were that they had before. Like it's a much smaller store. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not as good as it used to be, but you should, it's still worth visiting, I'd say. Also, if you're at, uh, Fantastic Comics in, on Shattuck in Berkeley, mm-hmm. it's only if you, uh, look in your Image Comic Books and you'll see the address in Berkeley for Image Comics. You can just take a little walk over there and say hi to the people at the official Image Comics company because you'll be, you'll be right there if you, if you like Image Comics that much. I wish we were doing this live because Peter Berkeley also asked, uh, what is, what is your opinion on the possible Guardians of the Galaxy movie? We already did that, but like, who should voice Rocket Raccoon? Mm. Who should voice Rocket mm. Raccoon? Yeah, Danny McBride would be good. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, or maybe um, Vincent Price. Wait, <laughs> am I too late? Here's one. Here's one. Nobody will suggest because it's not very good. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> Jake, uh, Sudeikis is fun. Like he's fun. And this, there was there was a jokey question. Uh, Devin 007 asks, what's Hank's, Henry's favorite Family Guy episode? Um, let's see. You complimented the Cutawayless Bank Vault episode. Yes, that was great. That, well, great. In relative terms, it was a great episode. Well, it, it, yeah. it was one proving to you. It proved to me that they could be funny with just the characters being mm-hmm. the characters. Then after that, the writers decided that was the last time they'd ever try, mm-hmm. and uh, then did an episode about Amish people because that's original comedy. <laughs> that is a terrible episode. Uh, I don't remember any episode of Family Guy because mm-hmm. every episode is only to strong. They're made to be unforget. They're made to be watched in YouTube clip form. Like, yeah. that's that's a Family Guy strong suit is. Zach Beeson, Beeson on Twitter, he asked he asked a question that to me is important to talk about, um, but only in terms of the new question of the week we want to ask. Okay. Do we want to get to that? Well, or? yeah, let's get to that. Uh, yeah. So last week's question of the week, mm-hmm. we were talking about the Amazing Spider-Man game that I had reviewed, which mm-hmm. uh, I'd say I'd like the movie better than the game, but not by much. I'd say they're pretty much similar, <laughs> similarly and satisfying. people to ask them, their fa- what is your favorite? Comic um, book game that isn't Arkham, isn't mm-hmm. Batman Arkham. Because everyone was going to say Batman Arkham, or most people were, so we, I wanted to keep it interesting. So uh, the first reply wow. was Cody Stovall. There's an awesome picture of you. Yes, that is. I do like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he says, can beautiful Joe count? Its theme is film, but it, it's kind of like a comic. Uh, and he said, DC Mortal Kombat was cool, but I'm really interested in Injustice Gods Among Us, which I'm actually pretty excited for, too. My name is my name says Rise of the Imperfects. I played it all the live long days between. Mm-hmm. Is there a better experience than a bunch of random jagaloons beat the living daylights <laughs> out of awesome uh, Marvel characters? Yeah, what a what a piece of shit. What a waste. What a waste of life. Look at that cover. Like, wow, Spider Man, Iron Man, Wolverine, and 
chemical guy and electric man. And <laughs> the Tingler says, even though it just came out, Lego Batman Two, which is the most interested I've been in a Lego game. Yeah, I like time. that. It's uh, what do you think though that the Legos talk in this game? Uh, I don't like it because I thought I'm an animation fan, mm-hmm. so I thought there is cer- a certain charm that comes from. Them not allowed, being allowed to say anything. That's where a lot of... The, they have to say a lot more with their bodies. I think that that's what, where the humor came from. The mm-hmm. fact that they couldn't speak. I think that's what makes it hysterical. Yeah. Then why else would I play a game skinned in the Star Wars prequels? <laughs> there is zero reason. If to. it had, Is dialogue going to convince me to do something like that? Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, but it is intriguing that the Lord <laughs> of the Rings games will have lines from the movie. Yeah, they just the direct music. dialogue from mm-hmm. the film. Uh, White Steve Harvey said Spider-Man Shatter Dimensions. Mm-hmm. I love the ultimate Deadpool level where Deadpool attacks you with tidal waves. Mm-hmm. Also, Nolan North. Him him saying Deadpool's played by Nolan North. One of Nolan North's best roles, I'd say, is him as Deadpool. He's really fun as him. Uh, let's see. Farts are perfume for gay people. <laughs> says, uh, yes. I, I love PS2 era Punisher game. That's that, an achievement. The PS2 era Punisher yes. game is awesome. It's ridiculous. And it's made by the creators of Saints Row, so it makes sense why it's so and ridiculously it's, awesome. It's the most violent Marvel game I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then Soggy... Pedro Bear Claus at Super Marvel Superheroes. SNES beat him up at War of the Gems, which is super pretty. And, um, of course, the fighting game. Holy crap. Um, I did Brett's Capcom plug for him. Yeah. Um, uh, Soggy Sage had a kind of sad one where he says, Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Still the mm-hmm. best open world superhero game out there for me. I really mm-hmm. hope that Radical leaves Prototype alone now and make a Hulk game. Then they, uh, if they can get the rights though, edit. Oh, never mind. Radical just got shut down. <laughs> yep. So Radical probably is just working on Call of Duty DLC like half the shit Activision owns. Like, I just couldn't believe that, like, Neversoft. We used to make Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero. Now we're working on all Call of Duty. Everything uh, Call of Duty. Well, though, actually, though, at Comic-Con next week, the uh, High Moon Studios, yeah. one of the few studios that doesn't make Call of Duty games for Activisions, they made three, well, they made uh, three Transformers games that were pretty good so far. Yeah. They are going to announce a new Marvel game. Excuse me, we don't know what it is. Okay. I really hope it isn't Iron Man 3, the movie game, or something sh- shitty like that. You think it'll be another Ultimate Alliance game? Which is they also would be suggested so, by Hurricane. They would be so good at Ultimate Alliance. Or an X-Men game. I think, I think gonna, they I, I, I own Ultimate game. Alliance and I've never played it, so I think I'm going to fire that up. Because somebody, oh, shit. somebody in here said X-Men Legends 2. Like, mm-hmm. I do sort of love that series, even though it's not very visually striking. It's not. It's, it's no, an isometric top-down. No, it's it's not meant to be. It's Baldur's Gate. Zilla says, "Oh, the Spawn game for SNES was pretty cool." I, I, I hope you're correct. I don't think so. Oh, Spade Slicks at uh, the Darkness, which is important to remember. That that's oh, a, that's right. It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. Oh, Darth Ender X said uh, after Ultimate Marvel's Capcom Three, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That yeah. was pretty much the perfect way to make a Scott Pilgrim. I don't think they'll ever they'll ever top it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, lot more ultimate, ver- ultimate Marvel or Ultimate Alliance. Uh, Gun Cannon D mm-hmm. says the X Men arcade game. But uh, when you found one of the six person cabinets, you just had to play it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh man, playing with six cat, six See players. Love it. Ask the police. <laughs> Ask the police. Um, 
X Men. Oh, wow. We got we're overwhelmed with responses. So many, but so many good ones. Where's the best place to start for someone who's interested in Deadpool? I know Comixology has a Deadpool volume available that takes place during Secret Invasion, and I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I read that one, too. It it's starts amazing. with him at the baseball thing. It's, yeah. It's really fun, and you don't and have it's, to... It's referenced in a lot of places beyond Deadpool, for some reason, that, that encounter. Yeah. and uh, I, think, I, I think it's a lot of fun, too. You should definitely... I would definitely recommend picking that up. Volume 1 of, Dead, of the newer Deadpool... Let me read one last one, and that's uh, Chinspired. Ooh. Uh, I love you, Sam. I wouldn't call it a favorite, but when I got my PS2, first gaming system my parents let me get, mm-hmm. when I was 10, oh boy, I played a shitload of Superman Shadows of Apocalypse, which, in hindsight, was a mediocre game. Mm-hmm. But I was 10 and loved Superman, uh, so I didn't care. I want to reward Beezin real quick just because he said uh, Comic Zone for the Genesis, <laughs> which is fantastic, and it's it's that's kind of a... It's based. It's it's solely based around one cachet that I don't think you could make a game on anymore, where you just you're playing through comic panels, and that's sort of the joke. Yeah, and that's the, all the gameplay hinges upon that. And Jumping I between comic panels and stuff. It was and a lot. Of a fun. lot of people have asked about the music we play on this show, and most of it is all licensed Marvel games, but a lot of it is from Comic Zone. A I lot of it. Comic Zone. A lot all of. Right, it. And I wanted to reward Beeson again because he had asked a question. What was your first comic book disappointment? And I'm only... Not that I'm disappointed mm-hmm. in anything, but um, I, I... Henry, I'm loving... I love doing the show with you. Uh, I love how this is rekindled. Like, all I do want to do now is read comics. Yeah. And I have... But I have definitely gotten into a... Let's call it a Marvel rut. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't even like all, like all, I'm not all superhero, but like I do jo- read those more than anything else. Yeah, and I'm all Marvel. And I made a, I asked people the other day, what did I say? I said all all Marvel and no DC makes Chris a dull dick. It makes me bad at this. Uh, I need some Marvel recommendations because if it's not Batman, mm-hmm. nobody's recommending anything to me when yeah. it comes to DC. And like I'm not that interested in their heroes. And um. Yeah, somebody, and fuck me in the face, I should have taken down your name, because I definitely, he just laid out, I had wanted to check out the Jeff Johns um, Green Lantern saga mm-hmm. that you had expressed some sort of dissatisfaction for it in the past. Or like, yeah, just but Johns there's the other good, There's it's ups and downs, there's some really good parts to it. And, I, and he, just, he just laid it out very clearly on like where to start, because it's not very fucking clear. No, it's no. not clear. There's too many Jeff Johns trades um, on Amazon yeah. to know which one's the first one. And like, if I can I go do research, you. I'll open up my Marvel collection. Yeah. I'm actually like too embarrassed to ask you about some of this shit. I, whenever I try and participate now with you and Brett mm-hmm. talking about comics, you sort of look at me like you shouldn't be speaking. <laughs> Welcome. To okay, a long that time was ago. that was techni- technically correct. <laughs> what you just said. You impressed you still, us. You here. still don't belong in this conversation, Cleveland. <laughs> Please leave. So I, I I don't like uh, I don't like asking you directly for a lot of these well, things. Well, that's what's wrong with comics in general is that kind of unapproachableness that Brett and I can embody sometimes of like when we're saying you know issue well, yeah, numbers. Obvious, well, obviously when Venom appeared the second time, it was a lot more of a killer, and they started changing it, drawing his teeth differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prefer Eric Larson's Venom to Todd McFarlane's and stuff like that. Like that kind of high level discussion can be off putting. I, I think I I'm begging you, Henry, for this week to be. And I, so I picked up the Green Lantern book, uh-huh. and it's not that I was disappointed, but I did open it up and see a lot of reasons that I don't like DC. Right. Because I know who I've read Green Lantern, please. I read, I read my Green Lantern, I just haven't read this part of it. 
and it's what I know about Green Lantern. There's one representative in the space core, in the core for someone like this, and I open it up, and it's just oh, there are 700 Earth Green Lanterns, and yes, they're closing the books on this unit, like on that part, the mess DC has created for itself mm, to some of. to some extent, and they're trying to clear some of that up. But I mean, that's that's sort of part of what I don't like about like it's so fucking crazy and outlandish, mm-hmm. and like lacks the groundedness of so many Marvel books. Right. And, it, and it even made me think of like, I'm not new to Green Lantern. I get it. I'm de- some of the stuff I, I don't know about. I don't know why this version of Hal Jordan is death. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where that came from. You mean, well, God's judgment. Yeah, uh, God's judgment. That's who the Spectre is. Well, okay. I'll get around that. But it, but but it was it, no. It was a. I thought it was a fun. Oh wait, eye-opening thing. The way to look at the comics station. Like, well, when do comics? think they're going to get people interested by the shit they published in single issue books how do they think a fan yeah. would pick that up and immediately understand and take the time to learn what's going on mm. what if it's in the middle of a very good four issue arc how would it, how would somebody ever get into this stuff? yeah i know it's yeah well for me when i got into comics as a kid it was just mm-hmm. you see spider-man cartoons on tv that's sure. on, like probably i saw spider-man and his amazing friends or or the 80s Spider-Man regular cartoon. I was like, Spider-Man, or I saw my Muppet Babies. And I was yeah. like, Spider-Man is a colorful dot guy with cool powers. I should read that comic book mm-hmm. that he appears in. And when I picked it up, the story made zero sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care. It was all, all that really mattered was the art to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I barely read the word balloons. And I was like, you're Spider-Man doing cool stuff. And eventually you start learning more and more about the characters and learn to read it but i i do give marvel cards a lot of credit oh the marvel cards before too. before there yeah, was yeah. a wikipedia like just a brief on the back of a playing card i have a hero's origin where you got his powers what his powers are how powerful mm-hmm. that character is a tiny bit of trivia who are their enemies mm-hmm. uh where they come from where they live and i i man like that caught me up very fast to where yeah. i could pick up any book and sort of get into this day they're like 20 years old they're still yeah. great to this day i can pick up a book and i know from marvel cards who mm. these people are that helped yeah. out immensely well so is our question is the question my question, uh, my question is as simple as this guys i want people to recommend me a dc book mm-hmm. and uh i there there will be a prize somewhere along the lines because i will i'm fever, i'm feverishly picking this shit up yeah. So if I if I'm like holy shit thank you I will fucking reward you. So, what is your favorite DC? Uh, is this currently in print or yes. like series can going you, on? The right question now? is, can you recommend a DC trade for Chris? Okay, that is the question of the week. Please, so, I have to let me have one, just one. <laughs> so here's my problem with DC a little bit mm-hmm. is just that I and I I like I've loved many DC books mm-hmm. like I've specifically Jeff Johns' run on the Flash was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, David Goyer and Jeff Johns' run on JSA. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything Grant Morrison touches, and he mostly touches DC stuff. I will read it, and mostly, you almost always enjoy it. If not, I super feel I just feel loved. guilty that I my own I but, I love more non canonical DC stuff mm-hmm. than I do. Well, that's the biggest problem with DC's main universe is mm-hmm. that they and you like the Justice League book I lent you. You have read yeah. that, yeah. But here's but even that's a fuck it. That's a, that's a reboot. That's here's a retcon. What, here's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Is that DC, in uh, and uh, ironically, they thought this would simplify things, mm-hmm. but they've rebooted so many times that you don't know what's what. Yeah. You don't know what counts anymore, and they're just so cute about it. Like in Marvel, they never hit the reset switch. They mm-hmm. like the giant reset button. They have reset many things, and they've said, 
well, that character was a clone, or that guy was yeah. mind-controlled, or this guy was this. Or a they, scroll. Or a scroll. They've done that many times, but they still don't, but they don't go right in your face like, that comic you read never happened. Never, never, never. Mm. We're starting over fresh so other people can get it. But DC's problem is like every 10 years, they've been doing these soft-ish or giant relaunches mm-hmm. since the 80s, and... And especially in the last five years, like they, they did it multiple times. Like Final Crisis, Infinite Crisis was meant to be a restart, mm-hmm. but they only half did it. Like they, the like right after Infinite Crisis, they went one year later as a brand new jumping on point. But they didn't really know what they wanted, and shit was confused. And you're like, wait, that doesn't add up to this. Why? Why is this in there? And then same deal with. Uh, after Final Crisis, they're like, this is a new jumping on point. And then two years after that, if you bother to get invested in that stuff, nope, new 52, everything's undone. Uh, but then the more you find out, like, well, actually not everything. The stuff that happened in Green Lantern still counts because we really, Jeff Johns wants that to count. Oh, okay, well then, so all the stuff that, so I have to read the old Green Lantern comics that Jeff Johns written because mm-hmm. this is a direct con- continuation of them. But in those comics are characters that don't count anymore. What what happens to Superman and Wonder Woman in those books doesn't mm-hmm. count. It it makes it way more confusing, especially for outsiders. And and it just bothered me like for so many times where I get invested in a story and then DC just like slaps that out of your hand like, nope, it doesn't count anymore. You that's mm-hmm. that's bullshit. I, I hate that. And just that they replace it like a lot of the stuff they've hired. Like, 90s writers, not all 90s writers, but they fired, like, Fabian Isaias and uh, and Bob Harris and all these guys from the 90s who wrote, and Scott Lodebell, who wrote, good, like, barely good stories in X-Men. Mm-hmm. And I thought, completely, their time had passed them by, and here they are getting new work on, on these books and writing them like it's the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's not what it See, should I'm be. Glad I'm, I'm glad I'm asking this. Uh, Mosa, Mosa Sayad on Twitter is, I want to get into Green Lantern comics. In this thread on lasertimepodcast.com, mm. hopefully you'll figure it out. I was told Rebirth, and it looks like it's going somewhere cool, but I can see, like, I read yeah. I read the foreword and like, oh man, this, what Jeff did with this universe is amazing. He didn't retcon anything, but somehow wiped it. He got it back swept to it normal. Under, swept it under the rug a little bit, and, and but... You have to experience that in like the first twenty pages yeah. of like how much of a fucking mess it's mess it is. You have to. That's the problem. Like I think if I would have told you, I would have said don't read Rebirth first. Mm-hmm. The book that directly follows it called No Fear. Yeah, that's the one you should have read because also it was written... a very I'm very fond of the t-shirt line. And... <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, uh, but yeah, No Fear starts specifically at a number one where when they talk about that convoluted stuff, somebody mm-hmm. says to him like. Wait, weren't you dead? He's like, yeah, it's complicated. Anyway, I'm going to do this. And then they, they just steamroll over it into the exciting story. They focus on it later, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it is ridiculous. Yeah, see, look at that. Connor T. Johnson asked, what's a, a new 52 series you'd recommend? He I've been enjoying Batman. Batman mm-hmm. Yes. And then other than Batman, specifically the book Batman, not all mm-hmm. the Batman books, there's also, mm-hmm. I like Grant Morrison's action comics, though. Mm-hmm. Again, Grant Morrison just does whatever he wants. But this is okay. This is another problem, mm-hmm. like that I've been hearing. You, there's George Perez, artist extraordinaire, has had these interviews. He work. He's been working on some of the DC New Universe stuff, mm-hmm. but he's kind of pulled out of them. And you find out why. He says, "Well, because they're trying to run this like it's a TV show or a movie." 
the editors and chiefs are the people, the executives are saying what they want the stories to be and then telling the writer to write them. They want the, in his opinion, he says they want the writer to be a typewriter for them. Mm-hmm. So instead of the writer being creative or doing what they think is good, and this has always happened of editors and editor, the editors of books dictating the direction of stuff, but it's apparently more so than ever of like the writer not having a lot of control and, and that's why stuff doesn't add up or things just change on a dime and, and it just feels a lot less creative than what Marvel's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's another reason I don't like it. I think there are, there's definitely good things in there, but yeah. But anyway, so why not answer this in the lasertimepodcast.com forum? Thank you for getting, getting in touch discussion. with us on uh, Twitter at Lasertime Show. That's very nice. The- uh, Jabberwocky, our awkward loser on Twitter, just what's the Crisis Crew's feeling about the Marvel's new reboot launch? We re- yeah. we are we answer your question directly. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so great. happy. Oh, I do want to say a spoilery. We said we were going to talk Spider-Man spoilers. Here's one spoiler that mm-hmm. I didn't like. Him with that goddamn skateboard. Spider-Man <laughs> doesn't have a... Peter Parker's too much of a nerd for a skateboard. What the fuck is that a spoiler? All right. Well, another spoiler was that they... Uh, we all knew they were going to kill Gwen Stacy's dad at some point, mm-hmm. but I didn't know just didn't feel like it mattered. At the end of the movie, they didn't know what they wanted the ending to be. It has mm-hmm. four endings. Yeah. Like, he dies, and then he's like, should I be with her? No, I won't be with her. And mm-hmm. she walks away. I think when they had that cut originally, when she walks away in the mm-hmm. rain, like... From a funeral, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh wait, that's the exact same ending as the first Spider as Sam Raimi Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Spider Man denying himself love as she walks away from a funeral after the death of a major character. Shit, we can't have that happen at the same time. So then Gwen turns around and is like, "Hey, wait a minute, my dad made you promise not to date me, mm-hmm. didn't he? And now I'm giving you an excuse to not do what he said. What? And then Aunt May gives him another excuse." Mm-hmm. And then that could have been the end again. And then I did like that by the end of the movie, Spider-Man was still in high school. He yeah. he hadn't left high school. But then in the classroom, Spider-Man basically just winks to the camera like, Fuck yeah, it. I'm going to fuck you. Fuck. We're going to date. Come on. Oh, wink. wait. We should... Br- that... Okay. I already expressed my dissatisfaction with Sony seeming to outright refuse to play along and pretend this is part of a larger universe. Right. But it really, really missed the point of a post-credit stinger. Oh. Which later time is on an entire show on with whatever that the stinger fuck was they the did. Worst. It's the absolute worst. It's it's like it was just a tease that said to me, "Hey guys, there's going to be another Spider-Man movie, and we have no idea what it's going to be about." There's a guy who knows a secret about his parents. Yeah, but uh, just a I don't fucking know. a fucking that- joke. Is that Norman Osborn there, isn't what it? I don't know. No, it's not. It can't be Norman Osborn, can it? It's so lame. It was uh, so shitty. It's so stupid. And I mean, like, you don't know who that's an old man character who can po- put himself inside Marvel's Arkham. Like, yeah. where the fuck is that? Who would yeah. that, who could that possibly be? And why is there a fucking conspiracy against Spider-Man already? I know. I know. And, like, the secret of his parents and the secret of the... Also, like... Can, anybody can buy web fluid. Web fluid is a purchasable product. <laughs> Peter's use of it to shoot his own webbing is his creation, but he didn't invent the web fluid. And then also, like, those mm-hmm. mutant spiders, like the ones that bit him, exist. <laughs> Anyone can be bit by those. They're yeah. there. Like, that didn't make sense to me either. And also, they transform SWAT team guys into the in Lizardmen mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, they don't 
They don't fight spiders. They don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. They seem or to just do anything. suffer or, or lay out in the sun like actual lizards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that's our spoiler talk. We got. All right, guys. Well, see you next week. Uh, we will be at Comic Con, but probably won't be doing our live one from Comic Con until a little bit later. But uh, keep visiting us on the Ladies Time Podcast to come by. Bye.